ladies and gentlemen, this is Product Innovation Show. We talk where we talk about how to build a great product and specifically all the things that prevent you from doing so. But today's a tiny bit different because I'm here with Vaishnavi Ravi, who is a product marketing manager who used to be a product manager before. She also worked at Axe, Google, Bell, QJG, Top Hat, all the big tech companies in Canada. And I'm just really excited to chat with her about product marketing and product management. Vaishnavi, thank you so much for joining me. Really great to have you on the show. Thank you, Sergey. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Now, I want to start with probably one of the most common things about product management and product marketing is that there is no one career path in a sense that like I know there's people who are coming from college and they want to be a product manager and they're like so dead laser focused on product management and like if I don't do it my life is over I'll have to jump off the bridge and, and that will be it <laughs> uh, and that is just not true no not at all and, and I think my career is a testament to it because I have I have tried out um, different types of experiences in bigger and smaller companies throughout my throughout my career and um, it, it dawned on me that it might look like it's all planned to a T because uh, somebody recently kind of came up to me and asked me, you know, it, it looks like you planned this all and how did you do it? And <laughs> I almost had to laugh, right? It's, it's like, I'm glad, it, I guess I'm glad it looks that way, but it definitely was a, a trial and error. And, and I think that's, that's the biggest piece of advice that I give, that it's, um, it's different for each person depending on, first of all, their goals and passions, but also the opportunities that they come by at the different stages of their career, right? Um, I happened to start off at some of the biggest tech companies when I started working, and I think it has its own pros and cons uh, when you do that. Um, and so even when people ask, you know, is it is it better to start at a big company or is a startup great? And and each of them, I think, have a have their own benefits that you can gain. Um, and for me, what I see is having worked in both ends of the spectrums is you you gain a lot of scrappiness when you're working at a startup. You gain a lot of um, satisfaction from the amount of impact that you can have because that's that's the opportunity that you get yeah. in a startup. Um, and on the other side, on the on big companies, right? You you're able to understand how processes work and how to work collaboratively with different departments. And and sometimes when it's such a big machine, it might not seem like it makes sense as well. But in that ambiguity, trying to figure out how you can best get out something that impacts probably millions at the at that end of the stage. And so it's it's definitely something that I learned. For me, what happened was I learned what I didn't like mm -hmm. to do. I started actually off in, like I did an internship in finance and banking, and I was like, yeah, I know that I don't want to do that. Thanks, and so no it kind thanks. of narrowed it down. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, I, I think at that point, I, I was really hard on myself and, and, and wanted to figure it out and, and very focused on trying to figure out what was best for me. And it slowly just kind of the career teaches you your experience experience environment your mentors kind of guide you towards the way yeah and you i think we all we all have especially folks who are really trying to achieve a lot we all have this uh, insane desire to give give me the answers today it's on uh, february 9th i need i need to know everything <laughs> right. like where do i do but but it's really not driven by that it's like slow step-by-step -step process of discovery you talk to mentors, you go to apply for a job, or you get to talk to a friend at a coffee shop, they make an intro. You can't predict that. 100%. I, I think that's the world, like, I, I sound like an old person right now, but, uh, and maybe I am, but, you know, everything in this, in this instant is like, now, today, we, we need the answer right now, and there are just some things that I've learned that just 
it just takes time and it's okay because at the other end of it it's it's worth it you you're that much more sure about what you're doing that more, that much more happy about the experiences that you've had in the past and um, I, I don't believe in regrets like even the experiences that I knew that I didn't want to get into was a teaching moment right and, and exactly I, I guess yeah it's the way you look at it but it's also I think when people ask about large company or small company it is exactly the question of where do I start and uh, it doesn't matter where in a sense that like yeah. when somebody's trying yeah. training for a marathon well where do I start do I, I buy do I buy my shoes or do I start running t today right. or tomorrow and right. it doesn't matter because you need all this, both skill sets and so you need skill set in a startup you need a skill set in a large company and some skill set will not fit you personally because uh, there are people who are phenomenal at corporate ladder and politics they're so skilled uh, people like me I would be I, I can do it but I hate that so like you find out about yourself and yeah. then that's why you can't get it today all in one package 100% the, the main the most important thing is to start it's it's just take that leap go in and it's it's in some ways saying like jump into the deep end and figure it out right and I think that's one of the best teachers that you have in that sense exactly and you went you started from after your finance little stint, which was pretty short, <laughs> uh, you went into digital marketing with Google. Was it? Is it correct? That's correct. Yeah. So when I completed my undergrad, uh, I did it in um, marketing and uh, business, really, business as a whole. But I was interested in marketing, and Google was one of those companies. Um, this was back in India, and Google was one of those companies that came on campus, and uh, they were looking to recruit. Um, and they were growing at that time. I, I don't think they mm -hmm. had the presence that they have now. And but they were definitely growing and there, there was definitely a part of it for me was even just, oh, you know, if I tell my grandpa any of these other names, he might not know, but Google, he might, you know, it's, it's something that's a bit more consumer centric in a brand. And, and that was part of the excitement of like, let's try it out and let's see what happens. And I really but enjoyed the interviews of that This was 2009, 2010, right? For the context, this was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I was trying not to take myself so okay, but yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but I want to. I want to. I want to mention it because it's important no, it's uh, for the context of that. Google in 2009 was nowhere near the Google we yeah. know right now. Exactly, and yeah, that's exactly it. It was especially in a global context, it was definitely trying to get its footing and trying to grow. And I, I moved cities to join the office because they didn't have a city, they didn't have an office in my city. Yeah. And yeah, definitely something that was, uh, but even then I think Google had the, uh, uh, I might be wearing roasted glasses and, and I say this all mm -hmm. the time, but they definitely had a culture of, uh, of learn and grow and make mistakes and fail and figure it out as you go. And that I think really helped me kind of come into my own and, and understand what corporate is all about, what what I can deal with and what I can't. And and that's one of those things actually, right? Like you were talking about politics and that's that was something I was shielded from to a certain extent because it was such a big company and it wasn't something that I was fighting with the VP yeah. of something else on, on things. And it was more just trying to figure out how, how I can work into this. Do you feel like I've spoken with somebody who worked at Google a couple of years ago, and okay. it was in to Google Canada. And what she said was that they have this insane pace, like your work, like super, super fast. And it's a very, very quick pace of work. And then a lot of times you are just executing, obviously, because you're original, you're executing what Google uh, America, Google yeah. United States will tell you. Like, but did you feel like in Google, at Google, like there was this, obviously you didn't have the that pace. a ton experience at that time, but the pace, do you feel like there was like, oh, everything's super fast? 
Yeah, I mean, probably uh, more so in the thought process, I would say, than the pace itself. Um, definitely, we had all had a lot of work, um, and probably tangential to this, but um, we had what they call like a golden cage at Google, which is basically you have yes. every single thing you ever want, right, in life at, at the campus. And so we never left. It was a campus for me after campus where I lived with Googlers, I married one, and my best friend is one, and it's just it's it just becomes a ecosystem that you can live in and that also means that you live and breathe a lot of the work that you do um, and in that way probably I didn't see it as a lot of work or the pace was fast probably because I just spent more time doing it mm -hmm. and learning from it um, but in another sense I think in terms of thinking it was uh, for me it was just like obviously this digital marketing works like this is why it works and and there were certain things that I just took for granted that once you kind of get out of that bubble a bit that you you realize that not everybody thinks that way um, which is very interesting because yeah. I did my uh, I did my um, master's in business after and I realized that there were conversations that I was having with my professor who was probably like 70 something at that point where he, he would he would be like no that's not possible I'm like but that's kind of what we were working on and it, it kind of took me aback a little bit where I think the pace of the the thinking at Google was was definitely years in advance of of a lot of the world at that time and mm -hmm. that kind of makes a difference and you didn't you didn't stay there for that long but you then you went on you went on to work for a bunch of smaller companies and was it yeah. was it straight into canada or what, did you work yeah with a few, so with a few? i left yeah uh, i left google to uh, do my mba in canada and um Honestly, the mentors that I made in, at Google or met in Google and had relationships with, they were such a big influence on, on even today, I'm in touch with them. And um, There was one who, uh, he was from uh, an, the same MBA school in Canada, Ivy, and he, yeah. uh, it had been 20 years since he, he had graduated. And what impressed me a lot when I talked to him and I was like, that's one of the schools I'm looking at is he was still in touch with his batch. He was still in, so excited and active about what Ivy was doing and what the school was doing and the alumni and the students that that was very uh, encouraging for me. And so from Google, I did move to Canada after that for my MBA. And, and after that, I got into, um, again, a big company, but then after that, many startups, like you mentioned. Right, right. And do you feel, so do you feel you're, for you, is it a startup or a large company? Uh, if you were to say at the moment, you did both, like, yeah. are you a startup or are you somewhere in between? Um, I think so. My priority is um, I do prefer startups at this point. Uh, I just some of the best experiences that I had was with startups. But I do think that I needed to get to that stage after having experienced what I did with big companies. Only then was I able to successfully understand how to navigate it and be, you know, push it forward mm -hmm. in a startup. And so, um, so in that way, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but right. definitely big companies are next for me and scaling companies, actually the ones in the middle that are having rapid change is like last for me, but I mm -hmm. keep ending up in startups that are actually ending up scaling. So <laughs> you end up having that experience. <laughs> it is, it definitely is for sure. Hopefully. Why, why everybody thinks about product marketing in the last, in the last, uh, sense or as the last step, why, why does it yeah. happen? Especially from a product development perspective. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really passionate about this because when I first got into product marketing, um, it wasn't something anyone had heard of. My, my title or my department was not called product marketing. We were just doing that work. Um, and because of that, I think it's one of those things that is not something that's very obvious to someone. If you think about 
um, a new product that you're building, you're like, oh, legally this needs to be okay. I need to talk to legal right now. Mm -hmm. Or um, the sales team needs to know how to sell it. I need to talk to sales yeah. about it, right? And with product marketing, because I think it was it was such a newer piece, it was always thought of as, oh, what's the simplest way of, of thinking about a new department that way? It's, uh, oh, they launch things, okay. And so what I find is, and, and especially early on in my career, I kind of, I was still learning and I was trying to figure out, and I was pulled in always at the last minute where, oh, we have this product, it's all ready, it's all set, we just need to launch it. So can you do it tomorrow? Like, <laughs> is this going? And so. It wasn't the most collaborative process, and um, I understand it was. It's one of the things where you're like, as a having been a product manager, it's it's one of the things where you're like, how many more stakeholders should I be involving in this and getting buy-in before I move in, right? Uh, but on the other hand, um, imagine uh, think of them as as someone who can actually drive that forward fast for you and yeah. uh, look at them as as helpers. And so, especially product marketing, I definitely have my own philosophy as to as to how we can do it better, but it's, um, it is definitely an afterthought when it's not, it's not something people are used to doing very often. Product management itself is, is kind of relatively a new department, and so everyone's trying to figure out what that means for their company and do it right, and product marketing is even more so. Um, and right, so, yeah, and product marketing, that yeah, that makes, yeah. and product marketing is really, like, it's so difficult sometimes to understand and I feel like if people were to describe it in a simple, simpler way, it would make a lot more sense. You have a product and you have a bunch of different features. We need to explain it to people in plain English and make it legally <laughs> compliant, make yeah. sure that the sales team know how to sell this thing. So you have an iPhone and there are a ton of features that the iPhone does. There's new camera, there's new things. So you would take that and translate it into the easiest language possible and put it on the website, put it on all, all the materials, and then talk to the product team so then people who are, I think there's a difference in target audience, right? Like product product management and product marketing, there's a little bit, like it's it's the customer base is a bit different, but by and large yeah. it's like how you communicate to uh, to, to, to the to your, to your audience. Exactly, I, I mean the simplest way I say it is the product marketer gives voice to your products. Yeah. You know, how do you cohesively talk about what your what your product stands for and what value you provide to the market? Um, and it, it was born out of that necessity, and, and I don't think it's it would have lasted this long. Um, I, I say it's new, but it's lasted at least 10 years, because that's at least the amount of time I've been doing it. Um, mm. But it's lasted this long, I think, because of a, a true need that it has in the market. How do, you do, how do you do product marketing better so it's not the last thing? Like, what does it come down to be, be, beyond, hey, like, you guys developing the product, can you give us a little bit more heads up when this feature is coming out so we can actually work on it? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, and I wonder if like a lot of our audience is from a product mindset as well looking at this. So it's it's always exciting to talk about it from that perspective and I'm happy to do it. The, the philosophy I have is what I've found worked, uh, and I myself have kind of like trial and tried and trusted what works, but there is a life cycle of the product as well that the product manager is really aware of. Um, so when it actually conceptualizes, when you actually think about what, how, you know, what is the need for that product, how did it actually come about, you probably had a source or a uh, customers that you talked to, the market trends that you're looking at, uh, somewhere that the idea for a new product or feature came from. And that's really an invaluable um, timeline for the product. Uh, and I'd love for product marketers to be really part of that conversation to when you're trying to figure out what that even means. Because what you're doing is, as a product marketer, you're turning around and, and trying to 
give that that value of the product to a larger audience, to a varied audience. And so understanding the why behind it, understanding the context behind it really helps you build that story much better at the time of launch. Um, and I'm not saying that we need to be sitting and micromanaging and being part of every single part of the product manager process. When the devs get to build it, you have your requirements, do your thing, you know, I'm really happy about that. Um, you know, I'm doing my thing in parallel. It gives us more time, definitely, as well. But at the end, again, when it comes down to, okay, we, we're starting to feel like we're ready to talk about this in the market, is this the right time to talk about at the market? Like, that's something a product marketer can help you figure out if, um, you know, in, in my company, we have something called releases, and then we have something mm -hmm. called launches, and they're two different things, right? Yeah. And so, it, for example, we have a, a feature that's really important, but it was released in stages, and, and we did betas and all of that. And it wasn't something that we could like shout out loud and proud at the very beginning, but then we decided that this is a good timeline for us to actually make a big splash of it because we are getting to a place where it's really robust. We have not just the basic features, but we have all of the bells and whistles that we want to have and we want to make a big deal about. And so during that time is again where the product marketer really takes the reins, really unifies the voice of the product across the departments in the company. You know, you want to be able to talk to the customer success team as much as the sales team and enablement, enablement to get the internal teams ready for it as well as the customers ready for it from an external perspective. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big... Mm -hmm. That's my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you're very, uh, you you lit, lit up after you asked this question. <laughs> but so, okay, so the product managers, please involve product marketers earlier so you can get what you need and you can, you know, you can actually take that unique knowledge uh, and start translating it into for a wider audience. Is there anything else or anything on more granular level that product managers, directors of product, actually need to think about that they're not doing right now commonly in b2b SaaS. do you feel like yeah i think uh, definitely at the more like we have product marketers sometimes in larger more mature organizations that are specific to different product lines um, and working with them to you know leverage them leverage them to figure out what the market is doing what the competitors are doing and where the gaps are in what our clients are asking for because uh, a real 360 is when you can actually uh, get some more get some more hands on there and get get looking at the pro and the market um, and the biggest piece for me is as a product marketer we're wearing multiple hats and I'm, I'm wearing a hat of a product expert when I'm talking to my internal sales teams and my customers um, and by the way sales teams are gold like they talk to the customers every day so listening to them is is really useful in understanding how our, your product is doing in the market, the feedback, how it's resonating, if it's actually working, right? Um, and that's that's a one-on-one for product management as well. And on the other end, it's um, when I'm talking to the, pro the product teams, I'm wearing like the marketing hat or the customer hat as well to be able to give mm -hmm. them a new perspective. So definitely make use of that, I would say. Uh, and more tactically, you know, if you're naming something in the product and uh, you know working with the UI, there might be small, tiny things, but the way we talk to the market needs to be very much in sync with the way the product is as well. So if you feel like you, you need a bit more of a, to bounce off of it, to understand how you name things, I think that's where a product marketer can, can really help you as well. No, totally. And uh, something that you said, which is uh, interesting, and I've heard it is being a classic mistake product marketers do is difference between release and announcement where the right. new feature came out and everybody and you product marketers just shout about it for everybody we released it and it's half-baked there is no data there's no stats 
uh, and yeah. you don't have FAQs. There's like, what the hell? Customers or prospects go in. They they've like half lost. There's no onboarding. It's like what? It's like the nightmare. And so yeah. that's I guess the reason, one of the reasons why you split the release and announcement. Yeah, I, I think the biggest piece is, and of course you can manage the timeline and the bandwidth that you need to get ready for a launch in different ways. Um, and that's definitely one portion of it. But the the bigger piece is like, is this really strategically a good time for us to talk to it? Like right. what is our go to market strategy, right? As a company, you're looking at how this a new piece fits into the bigger picture of how we're talking about it. And so I can take an example of right now for uh, for Polka, where I work, it's mm. there's a huge piece of, um, you know, it's a new industry altogether in, in terms of connected worker sense, and there's a huge piece of, uh, we're getting to a slightly new nuanced space in it. There are different pillars under this whole industry. So do we talk about it when the first piece of it comes out in December last year uh, and say most of it is coming soon, or do we actually say, oh, this year we're hearing more about these devices, we're hearing more about this trend in the market, and we're starting to see new competitors come in. It's, it's, you, you don't want to delay it further, and it's also the perfect time because we have a really good product to talk about it. So, yeah, there's definitely a multi-pronged approach. And right, right, and, and, and product marketing as, as, is being as difficult as it is is because, well, not only, obviously, you need to know what to talk about, how to explain it in, in the right words, but also understand the timing which comes from the trends that comes from your competitors exactly. that you know very well. So it's like the, you need to understand competitors, sales team, product, product, your own product team. You need to understand where the customers are, how the state of the product and that itself needs to fit in correctly. So then you have the biggest yeah. bang versus exactly. like in, in traditional marketing is like, OK, well, let's launch it. You know, <laughs> like it, it's yeah. it's uh, it's a lot simpler versus the here. You have so many more layers of complexity. 100%, yeah. It's it's almost to the point where in my previous company, like the, the product marketing uh, director that we had sat at the C-suite with everyone else because you building the product is, is great, but talking about what the strategy of your company is uh, has a huge leverage on how your go-to-market strategy is. And so 100%, you want to give your sales teams, arm them with everything as to how do we mark ourselves against competitors when it comes to this particular piece, all the way up to like what's the best way to talk about it. So you done product management too, not that long ago, but then uh, you went back to product I marketing. Did. I How did. Was yeah. Like, what was? Why? Why is that? Can you see that it's not planned? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely had a um, had a really good stint in product marketing, and, and I started to do product marketing in smaller companies where. Um, I was the only one, I was the first one, and I was setting the entire process in motion for the company and, and driving it. And I really enjoyed it. And the more I did that, the more, um, the more I loved the aspect of product marketing where I was working closely with the PMs and the engineering teams, understanding the way they think about things and being able to translate that. And somehow my brain clicked with that and I really liked doing that. Um, and so I thought maybe the next logical step is product management. You know, it's um, it's such a um, it, it has its own glory. The whole field, and definitely uh, no lie on that. And so top of the pyramid, I, top of the pyramid, right? Like you're your mini CEO and you're doing all of that. Um, and so yeah, I definitely got into that um, in a couple of my experiences right before this. And. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I think especially in my last experience, we uh, were part of a growth team where it was really mm -hmm. like an ambiguous mandate. You know, go figure out what works, experiment, A-B test, fail, learn, and figure it out. Um, and as much as it was um, 
I think it was one of the most challenging times in terms of trying to figure out the right aspect and go ahead with it. It was also the best learning that I've ever had. And that was something that I wanted to take away from it. And when when I enjoyed all of that, the, the piece that I was missing definitely was, as you can see, I love to talk. And, <laughs> and I was really missing, you know, being the voice of the product and being able to talk to customers, uh, our internal teams, and having a bit of that external interaction where definitely a product manager does. And I know ideally, you know, a good portion of their roles are talking to customers and being um, keeping their ear to the ground. But uh, more and more, it became a little hard for me to do that when I was kind of doing a bit of everything. Um, and so I did spend more time strategizing with our internal teams and management, and I felt like I was missing that other piece, which is when this opportunity came along, um, I, I just knew how much I missed it, and I wanted to get back mm -hmm. and, and build more on it. So yeah, definitely product marketing has a bit more of a, both the aspects. Definitely it has the internal aspect as well, but uh, you also are kind of closer to the market. Well, self-awareness here, th this is what I was talking about, right? You, f you know, hey, like I enjoy this thing more, even though you could probably do equally uh, b both of them well, but, but there's this aspect that you're missing and, and you're not going to know about it from the book. That's just not going to happen or any of those, yeah. but just back to career where we started. Um, but but it's what I like about product marketing, uh, and just because I like to talk as well, uh, <laughs> is the fact that anytime there's some kind of a launch or something, most of the time, and it's public, most of the time product marketer is the one who presents. Most of the time, mm -hmm. it's the product marketer who gives an interview. Most of the time, it's the product marketer who gives a clean, clear description. Yeah, you take yes. all the glory, which is really cool. So essentially, you are somebody who could very well articulate, and there are not a lot of people who can do it well. There are a lot of people who know about it, but are terrible in, in explaining it. But you're the one who can really clearly describe it on the fly without a brochure. Um, and that's a skill, too. Yeah, hundred percent, and not taking anything away from the product managers, and and I I always make sure that when I am presenting or I'm the only face of it, I call them out and make sure that they know there's a huge team behind it. Um, but that's that's the part that I think that's uh, that's really interesting is how do you talk to it in different ways, and even in ways maybe sometimes that the the developers and managers weren't thinking about when they built it, and you can see customers using it in different ways or their wheels churning. So how do you kind of keep it in a way where here's the mindset, go take it and make it your own and, and run with it? That, that's definitely a very fulfilling. Yeah, and also like you talk to customers of like how do you use your their words to with the other words that you came up with that would make sense both from the product line, from the product naming perspective, but also that they the new people come on your website, come on, you know, see your channels, uh, whether it's you know, uh, app description yeah. internally, and they're like, hey, oh yeah, yeah, I got it. I totally get it. Because it's like, you could describe a feature in so many different ways. It's all English, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it means very different things. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's amazing how many different ways you can actually talk about the same thing and how it comes across. Totally. Um, a couple of suggestions from you. How do you better partner with product manager? So if you're, you're PMM, P PMM, mm -hmm. yeah, PMM. Um, so your product marketing manager, you're working with a product manager or you're working with product director. How do you, what's the better way to do it in, from, a, from a practical perspective? Maybe a couple of check-ins, uh, a month, a week. Uh, what do you think people need to consider? Yeah, and 
I would say like consider your product marketing person as a huge stakeholder in what you're doing and as I mentioned like a, someone who can actually contribute to it. So given that if you have a um, if you have something starting off and you're in the discovery phase, usually you're trying to figure out what's what's happening with the uh, with the product that you have, how do you enhance it, how do you make it better, looking at your backlog. Um, once you're starting to hone that in, definitely pull the product marketer in one or two of those discussions. Um, no you would know best which ones are like the vital ones and definitely yeah. pull them in into that. Uh, and I think that's that's a really important touch point. And after that, I would say usually it's the product marketer who makes sure that they are reaching out and making sure like, is it still on track? Is it still the value proposition that we were talking about? Has it, because it can, you know, sometimes it, it changes uh, yeah. what, what needs to be built and uh, in implementation you learn and discover on the way. Um, and you start talking together, like be collaborative about it. And so, before that, I would say at least two months before launch, depending on how big the launch is. Um, sometimes two weeks is enough, sometimes three months is needed. Mm -hmm. Definitely start working with them and start to get their ideas on what kind of launch do you want to have. Are you thinking of a beta and you know uh, how big do you want it to be? Um, and the product mar manager is definitely the biggest stakeholder for a product marketer when it comes to that launch. Uh, but in terms of running the beta as well, the product marketer can be something is someone who can you can hand it over to. And so mm -hmm. from that perspective, if you're going into a beta, like a weekly, I would even say almost bi-weekly touch point, having a Slack channel or having somewhere where you're consistently communicating. Um, uh, what I like is some of my PMMs have added me, uh, mm -hmm. PMs have added me into uh, actual products, including my product marketer, so that we can see what's going on uh, uh, in the progress so we don't have to separately touch point and jump into um, stand-ups if we need it to understand what's happening. Um, and yeah, I would say at the end of it, keeping, continuing to keep in touch after launch is really important. I think this is an aspect, again, that many people kind of forget about. Um, because as well, this touches on one of the things for product marketing is what are our KPIs, what are our uh, goals right. at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. yeah. I might I might be touching into another topic altogether here, but uh, it is an it's interesting okay. one. Yeah, it's an interesting one mainly because it's again it's newer and and it straddles so many areas. Um, I have been as a product marketer, I've been part of a product team more often than not, but right now I'm part of a marketing team, and that kind of influences what I'm running behind. And so it could be uh, product usage and adoption and awareness where you yeah. top of the final pieces, right? And that's usually where I focus on. But there are also like this, these goals that you have in terms of you did a press release, uh, how much did it get spread around, how, much, how many eyeballs did you catch on it. And so um, keeping that as a feedback loop, especially for a product manager, even selfishly if you think about it, that's something that you really want to know. And so a product marketer can help you give a really good idea of how it's going on in the market. So after launch, it might not be as often, but at least once a week, you know, touch base and see how it's doing. And then you can figure out if there are gaps and if it's yeah. not doing as well as you want to, how you can build that. And, and you are the most, by far, the most disciplined out of all marketers. Like if you were to look at uh, VPO marketing, if you were to look at content marketers and demand gen, yeah. you are the most disciplined by, I'm going to say by design, but by, by your responsibility, right. because it's product right. versus with anything else, you take a wild shot off into, into the air and like say, well, this is what we're going to do. And like, fine. And then it obviously, <laughs> it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it doesn't I always found uh, me being on a dimension and other uh, marketing ops and all other aspects of the team, mm. you are like the most, like the calmest, the most, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like very, very responsible voice. 
I, I hope so. I hope the calmness kind of shows when I'm, I'm like scrambling for stuff underground. But I think you're right. By design is a good way to put it. Mainly because like you, there is a lot of things that are by by nature of it a little out of your control a lot of times because you're such a collaborative person. Um, versus for a demand gen, they're working with a sales team, but really a lot of the initiatives are coming from them and trying to figure it out. And the product marketer is kind of rallying the cats, as you will, and, and trying to make it happen. Um, but when, when a product marketer has great uh, stakeholders to work with, um, it's, it's really a smooth process, and uh, organization definitely helps, though. Oh, it's all about it. It's all about it, it all. totally. Yeah. Yeah, if you have good stakeholders, it'll it'll make sense. Hey, yeah. what do you? What's next for you? Like product marketing is awesome, but let's say you know a couple of years from now you do that, you learn. Not, I'm not going to say everything there is because it, it, there's there's always something Super, to learn. Yeah, yeah, but like, what else? Like, yeah. what would you what would you what would you think about? Like, is that like a chief customer experience officer or or COO like working in ops? Or it's a little too early for you to like you haven't thought about it too enough? No, yeah, I, I think that's a really good question because it's one of those things. Depending on the maturity of the organization, that you have a cutoff. You you have product marketers, and that's about it, and they're part of the marketing team or the product team. Or you have like in my company, you have like a director or you have something that is a bit above that. Um, but I've seen mature companies right now, especially the big techs, all of them, especially Microsoft, they're doing such a good job of it actually, of having a full-fledged product marketing organization mm -hmm. that, you can, that goes all the way to the top. And uh, as you can see, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And if I can help it, I'd love to kind of continue and grow in, in that vein. But really it comes down to growth marketing as well, I think. I know it's a, it's a fluff term in many ways, but mm -hmm. how do you actually work with product to, to grow the business in a way that you guys are just, you know, the collaborators uh, at the C-suite and being able to build that out? Um, I think that's, that's definitely an opportunity in the future, but who knows what the future but, 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 but you haven't thought, but you haven't thought about like, what's your, what's the, if you were to leave product marketing and it's like a next step for you, you haven't thought about what would that be? Yeah, I mean, for me, product management was definitely something that uh, I, I did not enjoy. So, I, and working with the product team as a product marketer for the longest time it just made me just so much closer to them. So, no, outside of that, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. If I get out of corporate altogether, there's there's definitely a, a ton of other things. I, I enjoy reading and writing and, and just the language in general. And uh, that's something that mm -hmm. always... Uh, I love playing with words, and uh, there's so many word games right now. I'm doing a puzzle right now, and I just oh, I'm kind terrible of enjoy those. those. Kind of I'm terrible at those, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's just to me, it's kind of too complicated. I'm better with physical stuff, but they're they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I guess like anything that has like a problem and a challenge and, and yeah. ways that you can try to figure out to solve it. Maybe I don't know. It's really pedantic at this point, but hopefully that helps. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Uh, any parting thoughts, Vaishnavi, for to the audience? Anything I haven't asked you, but you wish I did? Um, any anything for product managers, product marketers could make them better tomorrow or better yeah. in their career? Yeah. In literally, you really anything. covered covered this really well. No, yeah, I, I would just say like um, that's one thing. And you were asking about it right now, right? In terms of the future, uh, I'm happy to be an evangelist of product marketing. Help you, you know, if if that's something that the organization needs to learn a bit more about, like help you talk through it and figure it out. Uh, I, I'd love to see more people interested, involved and aware of it and trying to get into it as, uh, as we grow. 
And so I've been talking to students recently, for example, and, and they're trying to, they're like, oh, I didn't know this existed. This might be the exact thing I'm looking for, right? And nothing makes me happier. So from that aspect, like if I'm happy to answer any questions and, and help with that perspective. But yes, I would say like, think about it. It's, it's definitely something where, especially as a product manager, you're pulling your hair out and trying to do 12 things at a time. Um, maybe that, that means something and maybe there's, there's a opportunity for you to take the next step as an organization. For sure. And if people uh, were to reach out to you, what's the best way to do it? Uh, LinkedIn or yeah. email or which channels? Yeah, LinkedIn is great. Uh, I also have my email and I can leave it with you, Sergey, and, and feel free to like reach out to me. Yeah, we'll put them. We'll put them in the show notes. Uh, we'll we'll figure out how to put the email so you don't have you don't get a ton of spam. You know, we'll we'll figure <laughs> it out. So, yeah, that'd be that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, my full time job. Do that. Nice